This is the NOAA Ocean Podcast. I'm Marissa Anderson. Here's a brain teaser for you. What organism is considered to be the oldest living on Earth, can be large enough to be seen from space, and is sometimes referred to as the lungs of the sea? If you answered seagrass, you are correct. In this podcast, we interview Dr. Amy V. Uren, chief scientist of NOAA's Marine Debris Program and seagrass expert. Let's dive right into our discussion as Amy provides us with some fast facts on these impressive plants. Seagrasses are rooted flowering plants that grow in semi-salty water to full seawater in the intertidal and subtidal zones of the ocean. They live entirely submerged under the water surface and they evolved from terrestrial plants that migrated back to the ocean many millions of years ago. Seagrass plants have stems, leaves, roots, and just like land plants, they are capable of photosynthesis. But despite looking like land grasses, seagrasses are actually more closely related to lilies and ginger plants. And there are 72 species of seagrass globally. Seagrasses can cover large areas of the seafloor, forming what we call beds or meadows. And in fact, some seagrass meadows are large enough to be seen from space, which is really cool. Seagrass ecosystems provide habitat for hundreds of species, and they're among the most productive ecosystems in the world. Using DNA sequencing, a patch of seagrass off the coast of Spain has been identified as the oldest living organism on Earth. Some of the plants in that particular patch were found to be 80,000 and 200,000 years old, which is staggering. Now you mentioned the ecosystems of seagrass. Are there specific areas where they typically thrive? Do they prefer warmer climates, colder, or does it not really matter? So seagrasses actually occur in tropical, subtropical, temperate, and polar climates. They're found along the shorelines of every continent except Antarctica. And their distribution and abundance, so where they occur uh, along the shore, is largely controlled by light availability. So I mentioned before that they photosynthesize, so they need to have light. So they are most commonly found in shallow coastal waters. And they typically occur in areas that are sheltered from high winds and waves, on areas that have sandy or muddy sediments. So you actually kind of led into my next question. I was going to ask, why are seagrasses considered to be important for the health of the ocean? And you kind of touched on that. Could you explain a little bit more in detail? Yeah, absolutely. They're really important. They actually provide many different types of ecosystem services. So an ecosystem service is the benefit that humans gain from the natural environment. So I mentioned previously, seagrasses do provide critical habitat, refuge and feeding areas for many important animals, including a number of species that are commercially important for seafood, like crabs, scallops, shrimp, flounder. So of course, if you like seafood, you're you're benefiting from the seagrass, helping out those critters uh, during their life cycle. The seagrass canopy can reduce the energy from waves and tides 
as it's flowing over the grass and, and trapping fine sediment, which accumulates. So this protects shorelines from erosion. It kind of creates a buffer, if you will, for like when storms pass through. And there are some other services that seagrasses provide to us that aren't so obvious because they're non-material benefits. These are things or benefits people would gain simply by interacting with the environment, in this case, interacting with the seagrass. For example, perhaps if you're like me and you enjoy snorkeling, you might enjoy snorkeling in a seagrass bed and seeing all the cool critters that hang out there. And lastly, seagrasses also contribute to some of the most basic cycles that marine ecosystems need to function. For example, seagrasses use and recycle nutrients from both the water column and the sediments, and they release oxygen into the water, which is why they are sometimes called the lungs of the sea. So it sounds like seagrass has a pretty big job to do. Yeah, they, uh, they tackle a lot. <laughs> I think you discussed this a little bit previously, but how does seagrass help lessen the impacts of climate change? This is a really good question. It's an area of research that is gaining traction, uh, has for like the last, I would say, five to ten years. But to talk about how seagrass can help with climate change, let me just first talk about what climate change is generally. When greenhouse gases, like carbon dioxide, are released into the atmosphere in increasing quantities, they can trap the heat from the sun, which can lead to long-term shifts in temperature and weather patterns. Now the ocean absorbs a lot of these carbon dioxide emissions from the atmosphere on the order of around 25% of all carbon dioxide emissions from the atmosphere. Although this can help limit climate change, it's not particularly good for marine ecosystems because too much carbon dioxide in the ocean decreases the pH of the water and makes it more acidic. And this is called ocean acidification. And it's a problem for sea life that have hard skeletons like corals and who have shells like oysters that are made of calcium carbonate because these structures can actually dissolve if the pH of the water becomes too low and the water becomes too acidic. So now cue the seagrasses, right? So seagrasses have significant potential for storing carbon both through the uptake of carbon dioxide from the water, which they use in photosynthesis, and also by storing organic carbon in their tissues, in their below ground roots and rhizomes, and also trapping organic carbon in the surrounding sediments. And even though seagrasses cover only about two tenths of the seafloor, they account for about 10% of all carbon that's buried at sea each year. And it's actually been estimated that seagrasses store twice the amount of carbon per square kilometer of vegetation compared to terrestrial forests. So that's pretty impressive. And so for this reason, conserving and restoring seagrass meadows on a large scale is often suggested as a natural solution to offset carbon dioxide emissions and help reduce the impacts of climate change. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Can seagrasses also protect local communities by acting as a buffer against, say, storm surge or coastal flooding? Yes, exactly. The canopies can trap sediment, cause it to accumulate 
which actually creates more habitat for the seagrasses themselves to expand and create larger meadows. And so if you have more of this vegetative area in the coastal zone, you have more of that wave dampening capacity because you've got all the, the leaves and the blades up in the water column reducing the wave energy coming in from a storm or high currents passing by a, a coastal area. So yes, for sure, they can help mitigate some of that energy and cause less effects on land, say, than if the waves were to hit like full force on the coast. This is the NOAA Ocean Podcast. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our show notes to learn more about seagrass and the benefits they provide. Subscribe to us in your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.